said many, many times, our money helps to get the missionary there, but our prayers is what keeps the missionary there because of the challenges that missionaries face on the mission field. And uh, I've also said that missionaries, our missionaries, they'll pray for us. Uh, I've had many missionaries tell us that, that they will pray for the churches back home. Um, because it's when you think about it, it's vitally important for the churches that are supporting the missionaries to stay strong. Because if not, then that's where they're drawing their support from. So if the church is not doing well back in the States that's supporting a missionary uh, on the foreign field, then uh, sometimes they'll, missionaries will lose support. And most missionaries, when they're on the mission field, they do lose support over, for one reason or another. So um, let's just take a moment uh, this morning as we look at uh, these and uh, consider some of these. But let's start with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for this morning the opportunity to be here and to open up your word and to consider the Lord praying and praying for these missionaries. And, and we're thankful for the missionaries that you've allowed us to support throughout the years, both in our giving and in our prayer life. And we pray, Lord, that uh, today, that as our missionaries right now are all around the world preaching the gospel and churches and are being established, that uh, you would use them uh, for your honor and for your glory, and instill in us, Lord, a, the need, help us to see the need to pray for our missionaries. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm starting, uh, if you want to open your Bibles, or if you just want to follow along, there will be some supporting passages to these in the different texts. But in chapter 9 of the book of Matthew, in verse number 37, the context of this is this. Let me just read this, uh, and you can listen or you can open to it if you'd like. But the Bible says that, but when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So right off the bat, we see that the command of the Lord is to pray for people to go to the mission field, the people to get involved in, in missions, or just for people to get involved in um, full-time Christian service. So in the history of our church, um, I just, I was trying to think of this the other day. I can, can count uh, one, two, three, four. We've had five, um, we've had five men who have been ordained into the ministry over the history of this church. We have um, two women who were called into full-time service in Christian schools and um, about to have the third, um, which would be Trinity Flynn, who is teaching in a Christian school right now, and is a product of laborers going out, in, not out into the world, 
but Trinity is a product of laborers here going out into the community and bringing people in to hear the gospel. She came on the bus when she was just a little girl. And uh, now she's a grown woman and taking and finishing her internship at Pensacola Christian College, teaching in the school there, uh, and now is engaged to a young man who graduated from Pensacola this past year from, uh, where is he from? Tennessee, I think he's from. I think he's from Tennessee. And uh, they're going to get married next year. Uh, all of that is because of laborers who went out and um, brought people to church. I, um, so laborers, it's part of, part of what we do, whether it's missions or whether you're laboring here. So, and by the way, as we look at these, uh, this list today, while we're talking about missionaries, everything on this list could apply to you and I as well, who are not necessarily called to be missionaries. It's just about praying. So laborers for the kingdom, and uh, God is looking for laborers for the kingdom. We should be praying uh, that, that God would call more missionaries from this particular ministry here to go and, and to serve the Lord. Um, and when we pray, we pray that, that they'll be faithful and effective in communicating God's word. So we kind of start with that, praying for laborers. But then we move to the second point. And one of the things that uh, we, should, we should think about with regards to missionaries and praying for missionaries is that God's word would be effective when it goes forth. Um, so, for instance, look on your handout, 2 Thessalonians 3.1. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. What do you think it means, that word free course? I was to ask you, what does it mean? It says that the word of God may have free course. What do you think when Paul's writing this here? What what is he what is he asking them to pray for? Yes, Jenny. To not be hindered. All right, and you're gonna see some things on the prayer list here that I put the, that this missionary put together, things that will hinder missionaries. But to have free course. Anything else? Free course. Yes. Well, to move forward, where God moves forward, because the Word of God can be halted. Yeah, those are good. Sometimes you'll hear a preacher say, uh, I preached at a particular church, and the Lord gave me liberty to preach. What do, what do you think that means? The Lord gave me liberty to preach. Of course, if you've not ever preached to people, that might be... <laughs> what, Jim Thompson? Well, exactly what it says for your course, but that he's, he's not limited to He's not limited in what he can say. Yeah, that's good. But liberty, to have liberty, yes. You don't sense resistance. I think Satan tries to resist the word of God and the Lord and the Lord. Right, that's good. Satan does resist. But within, within a congregation, there can be, uh, you could preach, and there's not necessarily liberty to preach. What what would what would be hindering that? Yes. Sin. Yeah, sin. Sin is what hinders that. 
You know, one of the great illustrations in the Bible is a guy by the name of Achan in the book of Joshua. And uh, if you remember, the instruction was given when they were to take down um, the city of Jericho that no one was to take a um, prize for themselves. And uh, Achan did. And uh, there was sin in the camp. And that sin hindered the work of the ministry. And whether it's on the mission field or whether it's right here in our own church or in a local church, when there are when there is sin taking place, it can hinder the preaching uh, of God's word. Um, just the spirit of the people um, can hinder or help uh, with regards to, to that. So we're praying for God's word with regards to the missionaries uh, to have free course, that it, it accomplishes its purpose, um, and uh, it's not hindered um, so that people who are spiritually blinded can be taught and can come to know Christ as their Savior. So we're praying for the missionaries to be able to communicate the Word of God uh, in such a way that it will be beneficial uh, to, those, to those that hear it. Um, and that's so, it's, it's more important than, than you think. It's a very important. So there in 2 in Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul would write that, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as is with you, and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So we'll talk a little bit about that verse in just a minute. Um, but the third thing to pray for, that God's word would be glorified, that his word would be glorified. So in second or in first Thessalonians chapter two and verse 13, um, the Bible says this, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. So we kind of transition from point number two. We're praying for God's word to be effective. And now Paul is commending them because the word of God that was preached to them has been working in them. So one of the first steps to understanding, to an understanding of the Bible, to the, to the word of God, is to respect it as the word of God. So, for instance, if you're trying to share your faith with someone and uh, you're trying to, and you're sharing the word of God with them, first of all, if they don't believe it's the word of God, then there's a problem there. Now, I personally believe that even if they don't believe it's the word of God, that you should give them the word of God because I believe, because I think the Bible teaches this, that as you give them the word of God, then the spirit of God takes the word of God and then introduces people to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So even if people reject the Bible, you reject the word of God, I, I give people the Bible. And then, because you and I really, personally, we can't convince anyone 
that Jesus is who Jesus is, that um, the Bible is the Word of God, just as... Uh, so what do we do? We... we we plant the seed, but we're depending upon the Holy Spirit of God to take what we have delivered and then to bring conviction and to bring uh, faith to people for their eyes to be opened. That makes sense? Understand what I'm saying? So what are we? We're, we're just planting the seed. But if we don't plant the seed, then... If you don't plant, you know, in nature, if you don't plant a seed, nothing grows. So you need to plant a seed and um, for God's word to be glorified. So let me ask you this question. How is it that, um, that the word of God can lose respect uh, for people? How is it that the word of God, uh, people's respect for the word of God, I'm talking about people who are... are that you're trying to, or missionaries are trying to bring to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. How is it that they could lose respect for the Word of God? They don't follow it. Who doesn't follow it? The yeah. The right. The, per, the, the Christian or the preacher, or in this case, the missionary, doesn't follow the Word of God. Why then would anyone have any respect for the Word of God? So, whether it's the missionary, the preacher, or whether it's you, if, you're if your personal testimony is a poor testimony, why would anyone want to listen to you and to your presentation of the things of God? Right? Follow me? I learned this lesson when I was a brand new Christian. We are at... It was this church, we were at an event. I don't think Shelly and I were Christians for more than a year. And there was a couple in the church that we had befriended. And they had, uh, not sure they had, I think the wife had come to know Christ as her Savior, but perhaps not the husband. And we were at a church event, and there was a guy in the church at that event. And um, he was using really a lot of, who claimed to be a Christian, using a lot of coarse language and uh, bad language. So this young, this fellow said, he was taken, he told me this sometime later, he did become a Christian. He, he told me this sometime later, he said, well, I, he said, I was kind of surprised because I thought Christians were different. And um, this guy just came across as nothing different about him. So there was an instance where fortunately it didn't happen in this person's life, but you could see actions, our actions and what we say and do to people. In other words, you, you, can witness, you can witness to people all you want, but if your lifestyle is such that it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't dovetail with what the Bible says, then your witness is really, uh, in many ways, not only ineffective, but it becomes a sham. And uh, so, now none of us are perfect. We understand we all make mistakes. We all have shortcomings. But you understand when it's so grossly, like for instance, when you get the bulletin today, and if you read the missions moment that's in there, it's from, uh, don't read it now, it's from uh, Brother Brewer. And Brother Brewer's been on the Brazilian mission field for 42 years. That's a long time. And... Uh, 
someone has just took over his church plant uh, and, and, and where he is there near the Amazon, but now he's gone back, and he's going back, I think it said on the missions, to the very first church that he started, because it needs to be re rebooted. And, and you'll read in there that the, past, the, guy, the, the guy who was there, the pastor, he left a bad reputation. And uh, he doesn't really necessarily go into all the uh, details, but he has to kind of restart that first church all over again. So I know of a church that has struggled up in the Northeast Kingdom to find a pastor. And um, it was just a small church, but God was building that church. In fact, we gave our old pews to that church. But this happened, though, long before we gave our pews to the church. And they've had a couple of pastors, but they haven't lasted. Well, the, the man who started the church, they built a small building, a uh, two-floor building, nice little building. They had a small congregation. I don't think they ever ran more than 30 or 35 people, but, but it was functioning. And uh, the pastor ran off with a woman in the church. And the church has never really recovered from that. The reputation in the town has never really recovered from, from that. Um, and they have struggled ever since then. Um, so, uh, I, in fact, I know of a man in our area. He's, he's been divorced and remarried three times. And he's pastored a number of churches in our area. It's like he kind of bounces around. And... Uh, our personal testimony, the missionary's personal testimony. So one of, the, one of the fastest ways for the Bible to come into disdain among people, uh, listening to it being preached, is for the missionary to do something that would tear down that respect. And uh, we need to pray that our missionaries, as well as ourselves, live right and respect God so they'll have a good testimony and, um, and an influence on the people. And that's true about us as well. Then protection from, from wicked men. As I was reading there over in, um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, where, where Paul said, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. All men have not faith. Well, that shouldn't surprise us, amen? Just look around. But uh, tell, if you have your Bibles open, go now to Romans, which is on here. But I want you to see the, the verses that are company in Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Romans chapter 15. So as we look at this, we're praying for laborers. We're praying that the word as it goes forth would be effective, um, we're praying that uh, God's word would be glorified by the lives of those uh, who are bringing the word of God. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 15. And he says um, here, verse 30, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. And then he says that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints and that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God 
and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So I always love these verses. Um, I've preached just a simple three-point message, uh, these, this, these verses, some years ago. But you notice in verse 30, he says, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. In fact, look at verse 20 of chapter 15. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel. Anybody know that word strived, what, what Paul is trying to say there, to, to strive at something? The idea behind that, I strived, I strived, he said, to preach the gospel. I strived um, that you strive together with me in your prayers. What, what would you think with regards to that word, to strive for something? Continue. To continue. But how? Yes. Effort. Specific effort. Yep. I look at it as a, like maximum effort. Yep. Max. We keep building on it. That's right. Maximum effort. Like that's your core focus at the, at the time. You're focused on one thing, and that's it. You're striving to do that one thing, and that's all you're doing. Right. It's it's even maximum maximum effort. It's giving it your absolute all, and. Um, that uh, like it's an, it's I think it's used as an athletic term, like an athlete who leaves. You know, you've heard the phrase "they left it all on the field." They gave everything that they had to accomplish this. And um, Paul, when he writes here, he says that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. And so, when we're praying for our missionaries, that's what we're doing. And in this instance. Um, Paul here, uh, he says in verse 31, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. Or we saw back there in 2 Thessalonians, for wicked men. So while our warfare is really with principalities and powers and not necessarily with people. But I like what someone said this, but many ways or many times, the ways that the rulers of darkness of this world, that's in Ephesians 6.12, reveal their work is through people. Pray that the missionaries you support will be protected from people who would seek to harm them spiritually and physically. Your missionaries are on the front lines of spiritual battle. So I think there are sometimes that people unwittingly are fighting against the truth and they don't even realize it. And, uh, but they're being motivated by principalities and powers, by spiritual wickedness in high places that influence them. And um, our missionaries face that. Uh, our preachers face that. Uh, people involved in any kind of ministry face that. But wicked men, I mean, we have a real enemy. And um, I, I read... I didn't read the article, I just read, you know, you pull up the internet and you see all these headlines, and there's this fairly well-known actress who wants uh, for um, anything, that's, anything that is negative about the um, LBGTQ and how many other letters there are community, from a religious perspective, she wants that to be banned. 
I think in Canada, uh, I think in Canada, it's it's almost illegal now to speak out against that lifestyle. You can be you can be jailed for that. Um, so this is th these are things that uh, people face and have to deal with. Um, and on the mission field, you're dealing with a country uh, uh, and, and people in that country who uh, are so different often, radically different than, than here in the United States. But we pray for our missionaries. Paul wanted them to pray together. He's so thankful. So it's a partnership. Then we move on to the next thing to think about, a right relationship with God. So you might take this for granted, but, but whether it's a missionary or whoever it might be, you have to have a good relationship with God so that the Bible can be taught from a point of confidence and authority. Um, and that the missionary or the preacher uh, who would have time to study and to prepare. Like if you're involved in a ministry here, it's no different from you. If you're involved in our Wednesday ministry or you're involved in a Sunday school or you're involved in the music ministry, uh, if you're involved in the cleaning ministry, uh, it's all meant to bring honor and glory to the Lord. So should be included in your prayer life. So if you're teaching on Wednesday nights, make sure you're spending some time in prayer, asking that God would use you effectively to communicate, whether it's teenagers and whether it's the kids down in the kids group, that God would use you. Because the reality is that group of kids that we bring in on Wednesday night, they're lost people there. They're lost. This may be the only time in their life right now that they're going to get an opportunity to hear the gospel and get saved. And um, it's a huge responsibility that you have. It's huge. And we need to never, never forget that. that these kids uh, are, they're lost. They need to be saved. Um, and it's vitally important. So maintaining your relationship with God with regards to your prayer life, with regards to your church life, with regards to your, your uh, Bible study life, your devotional life, it all means that you maintain a relationship, that you have that passion, just like we pray for the missionaries, to continue to have that passion to learn and to teach the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15, well-known verse in the Bible, Paul writes to young Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, to be mindful of, of that. And then a right relationship with their family. Um, in 1 Peter 3.8 on your handout, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, the, the majority of the chapter is about relationships between a husband and a wife. And it ends with this verse here. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion, one of another love as brethren. So we expect missionaries to be more mature in their relationship with their spouse. Unfortunately, that's not always true. Pray that missionary couples will cultivate a relationship. You might think, well, oh, missionaries are on the mission field. The, the, the husband and wife, the marriage, they must have a good, good marriage. Well, several years ago, we dropped, had to drop one of our missionaries over a period of time because he and his wife, they divorced. And uh, 
we had a, another missionary uh, or a, a guy who was involved in music ministry that we were supporting, and him and his wife, they divorced. There's a lot of stress on the mission field. The missionary that led the group in Belarus when I was there, um, he and his wife are no longer on the mission field, and they are divorced. And so you might think, well, missionaries, they're like superhuman. No, they're just humans like you and me. And um, we should pray for, I try, when I pray for our 10 missionaries every Wednesday night, we've kind of divided it up. So by the end of the month, if you come on Wednesday night or you can grab a prayer list, uh, you will have at least once prayed for all of our missionaries over the course of a month. I always pray for their marriages. I always pray for their children. Always. Because of the stress. There's, there's tons of stress on the mission field. So we pray that they have a right relationship. And we pray uh, for their children as well that are on the mission field. Then a right relationship with the country. So I was asking Boyd, I had forgot what country he was from, but Zambia, right? So I'm sure the government of Zambia works a little bit different than the government of the United States. I'm sure the culture in Zambia is different than the culture in the United States. I mean, I don't know a lot about Zambia. I'm just taking an educated guess. I've done some traveling throughout the world. And uh, I can tell you that when I went to Belarus, it was nothing like the United States. When I went to Haiti, Dominican, nothing like the United States. Mexico, uh, nothing like the United States in, in many different ways. It was different. And so you go and to these different countries. When I was in Israel, uh, there's different things in Israel than there are in the United States. When uh, I was in Poland for just a short time, it's a little different there. And uh, whatever country, I go to Canada, it's different there. Wherever country that you're in, I was in Aruba and uh, different there. Uh, but the point is, in every country that you go, there's going to be differences. And some are going to be radically different. And um, we need to pray that the missionaries have the right relationship with the country. Um, many missionaries, they're in countries that they have every day the pressure that they may lose the right to minister in that, in that country. Um, I was saying on Wednesday night, that when we are in Belarus, the only way for the Belarusian people to be, or the Belarusian missionaries to be able to stay there is that once a week they had to do humanitarian aid. They had to give out clothing or they had to give out food. That was required by the Belarusian government in order for them to stay in the country. And so there's different things. You go to the government, and you'll hear missionaries tell this story. You go to the government for your papers one day. You talk to some government official. They tell you what you need. And then you go back, two days later, you're talking to another government official, and you know, you don't need those papers, you need these papers. And it's just, well, it's like going to the DMV here in the United States. And so it's just, just the way that it is. So pray for our missionaries in the countries that they're in. Um, then relationship with other missionaries. And it's sad to say that sometimes missionaries leave the field because they don't get along with the other missionaries. It's kind of hard to believe, but is it? So sometimes Christians here in the United States in the same church that don't get along with one another. So we're running out of time. Go through this quickly. So we need, we need to pray for that. Language and communication skills. Having to go and learn a language. It's not an easy thing. And um, 
Not every missionary will be a great orator. Um, so pray for their language skills. And then lastly, pray for their physical and emotional needs. Um, not only is there language differences, cultural differences, climate differences. Um, so pray for that. Pray for those that go to countries that the climate is so radically different. I remember talking to my, he's retired now, my dear friend Terry Jones, when he went to the Ivory Coast and you get off the plane and it's just hot. Very, very hot. And we heard from, our, from Bruce Patterson when he's in the Philippines, going into churches, it's like 110 degrees preaching in the church. And it's just hot. And having to deal with that climate. It's not only the heat, but it's the sanitary conditions sometimes, uh, the medical conditions sometimes, um, and a whole list of things. So, so we pray for them. i finish with Philippians 2.30. Because for the work of Christ... Started, there's a fellow in Philippians, his name is Epaphroditus. And he was a dear, dear um, servant of the Lord, worked with the Apostle Paul. And uh, Paul said of Epaphroditus, because of the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. He almost died for the ministry. Bruce really didn't elaborate into it last week when Bruce Patterson was here, but when he was in the Philippines and he needed surgery, he almost died. He came close to dying um, because of, of what he was dealing with there. So these are just some things to consider when we talk about our missionaries and things that we need to pray for, some of the, um, some of the things that they deal with. Um, so remember that when you're praying for your missionaries. And please, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for laborers. And pray for one another. Because the reality is, as I said, we all deal with some of these issues. And uh, we need to be mindful of that. Father, bless now. Uh, oh, Ethan wanted me to have you all stand before we pray. All right, let's all stand. We're going to close with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for... Just uh, our Sunday school hour, we ask that you'd bless the morning worship service, that, uh, Lord, it would bring honor and glory to you. Be with Pastor Ethan as he preaches. Help the Word of God to come forth uh, with great effect. Uh, whether people are here that need to hear the gospel get saved, or we just need you to do a work, Lord, in our hearts. Be with those watching on the live stream as well. But, but bless our morning worship service. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.